You can build your reputation over years and decades, but you can blow it in a skinny minute. And people will do business with you because you have a good reputation. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi there, listeners of the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. I'm running a little competition as we're trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the work that inspires those to sell with love more. And the best way to do this is to leave reviews, both on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And for those of you who leave a review when listening to this episode, I would ask you to take a screenshot of your review and send it to me at jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. And in doing so, I'm going to give you a set of meditations that you can use to get into the state of selling with love, whether it's connecting with your buyer, affirmations before making calls, or any kind of outreach. These will empower you to be feeling powerful and to be able to do it from a place of love. It is a reward for supporting the show, being a loyal listener, and of course, being able to give more to my amazing audience. Thank you for always showing up, listening, and being inspired by the amazing guests that I get to interview and I get to share their message with you. So again, just leave a review. Take a screenshot of the review. This can be done on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and email it directly to me, jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. Thank you, and now let's get started with our episode. Hey, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. Now, today I have a guest that I'm so excited with the fact that I found her because as I was going through my own book, I have a few principles that I speak about. You know, if you're familiar with my material, you know there's five loves in selling. And when you get to the third love, you love the product. And I say something special. I say, you shouldn't fake it. You should make it. You should make your product awesome. Well, it's by no chance that I brought the author of the book called Make It, Don't Fake It, Leading with Authenticity for Real Business Success. Sabrina Horn is with me today. She has been highlighted. She's a 25-year as a founder, CEO of Horn Group. It's an iconic US tech telecommunications agency founded in Silicon Valley back when she was 29. She has sold this company to Finn Partners and now runs Horn Strategy LLC, a consulting firm focused on entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs to navigate the early stages of their startup companies. She's been a young executive. She's been doing a ton of things. And really what we want to discover today is what happens when you take a chance and you don't go out and fake it. You don't put on a facade. You show up as who you are. Is that going to penalize you? Or it might be the gateway to give you the biggest opportunities you didn't know existed for you. So I'm super excited to have Sabrina with me. Sabrina, welcome. Oh, Jason, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I've been looking forward to this all week. We definitely have a lot in common, not to mention the title of my book. Yeah, I know. When I saw that, that's actually how I found you. I realized I saw this and it just jumped to my attention because I'm thinking this is something so key that people need to reinforce, which begs the question. I mean, you worked as a communications agency and one would think that when you work with a communications agency, it's all about creating a facade, almost like a complete fake it veil so that people can't see the reality of what's going on. But tell us more about what's been happening in the market. Yeah, I mean, first of all, that's a very common 
myth. And unfortunately, a lot of executives and companies go to agencies because they think they can make their problems sort of magically disappear or spin reality into something much more impressive than maybe they really are. But actually, that couldn't be further from the truth. The best public relations and the best communications always peels back the onion and tries to get to the bottom of things so that you can then find what is most compelling about the truth to move forward. You know, whether you're a young company just starting out trying to attract investors or whether you're a larger company and are in a crisis situation. Hmm. We seem to have a natural default of not wanting to necessarily show our vulnerable side. Is that just like a natural human tendency or have we seen advantages to doing that in the past that no longer work? Like what's going on? Yeah. So a couple of things there, the whole fake it till you make it ethos kind of came into being about actually 10, 15 years ago. And back then it was just this innocent little quip, like actually faking it was part of cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Where you act as if you are confident and you practice it enough so that you can actually then become that behavior, right? And really wear it. And there's nothing wrong with self-help. But over time and through social media, fake it till you make it kind of took a bad turn. And it became literally like an excuse to lie in order to achieve and get ahead. And people have been taking it to extremes, right? Exaggerating the truth, minimizing the facts. In my book, I wrote about this continuum I created called the fakeometer. <laughs> and it basically shows you like from the most innocent to like jail time, <laughs> all the different ways that a person can fake it. And the reason why, to get to your question, the reason why people feel compelled to fake it is for a number of reasons. Number one, they're under extreme pressure to succeed. Maybe they're behind the eight ball, they're facing competition, they didn't make their number. And so they take the shortcut or they're overwhelmed and they simply don't know what to do. Whether you know, you're just starting out and you really don't have a clue or you're in a crisis situation and you don't know how to proceed, you might be afraid, or maybe you just really want to impress somebody. These are all the different reasons why people fake it. The problem with faking it is that the truth ultimately always does come out. And when it does, you'll set yourself back and sabotage your success. So sometimes it's more tempting to fake it and just sort of like get to the next step than being vulnerable and being honest, right? And saying, you know what? I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm going to get back to you. So, you know, it's a trade-off, but I always say like, ultimately, isn't it better to earn credibility for being honest and perhaps admitting a mistake than being caught in a lie later on? Yeah. And it seems like, you know, with the internet, if there's one thing that it's done is any of our actions are quite well recorded and brought back up. And so I find that it's probably harder than ever to hide those little things that you fake. And I think it comes back to bite you in the event of success. It's almost like you're setting up like traps in the event that you are successful. If the success doesn't come, well, the fake it might not be caught. But once you do have success, if you've used that path, that's when it bites you. So you're almost hedging against your own success when you do it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think faking it doesn't help you succeed. Faking it helps you fail. And 
we think that it's like business advice and that everybody's doing it. So therefore it's okay. But actually you should be doing the opposite, right? Faking it never works, not in the long run. Hmm. Well, you know, we're reinforcing the fact that faking it won't work in the long run, but there's temptation and you're thinking, well, if I fake it, people will believe I'll get more sales. I'll fix the problem by just like putting on a facade. But I feel like we need to kind of reinforce why that temptation actually might not be as tempting as what happens when you do go and make it and you don't fake it and you really show up with that vulnerability. Are there major advantages that you've seen happen? You know, because faking seems like it would bring advantages, but I bet there's some new unseen things that we actually get doors open when we decide to take this path, which seems to be the nobler path. A couple of things there. I mean, first of all, from a personal standpoint, the anxiety that you hold in your body when you fake it, right, whether it's conscious or not, can start to consume you and eat away at you. And lies beget lies. Like you tell one and then, you know, you have to keep it up. And we saw Elizabeth Holmes, the former CEO of Theranos, as the poster child for that. And we know where she's headed when she's sentenced in September. But the advantages to taking the more honorable route, as you say, is that it's kind of part of a whole leadership style, right? That says that you're humble enough to be honest. And let me tell you, humility is a superpower of leadership. It's one of the most underrated superpowers. And you may think that being humble as a leader hurts your authority or denigrates your credibility, but actually it builds your credibility because what you're doing is being inclusive, which is what everybody wants these days, right? We want leaders who will listen to us, who will admit when they've made a mistake, who will collaborate with us and kind of level the playing field to create a less of a cover your ass, if I may say that, you know, culture, right? And let people work with each other to ask for help and not pretend that they have to have all the answers. So, making it and not faking it is part and parcel of a whole leadership approach that involves humility, optimistic realism, admitting when you make mistakes, asking for help and realizing, right, that you don't have to have all the answers. And for young entrepreneurs, and I was once 29 years old and thought that those three letters CEO after my name meant I had to have all the answers and you're making it up all the time. And then you have to eat your words. So I really, really think it's much better to go with the authenticity route. Yeah. I find it very interesting, especially you being such a young CEO in the place that you were trying to figure this all out. And I think back on the way that I wrote my book, you know, I wrote about selling with love, but I think of me in my early 20s and I've made my fair share of sales that I regret. And I talk a lot about it in the book. I've made sales that I'm like, my God, you know, this wasn't actually something I should have sold to that person. I don't think I gave them more value and what I made them pay. And it was kind of part of my motivation to write the book because I've kind of went through those steps. I grew from it. I felt that there was a better way and I wanted to at least help people maybe accelerate their growth, maybe make less mistakes along the way, which makes me wonder like, what made you so passionate about wanting to share this message? Have you had your own kind of reality checks? Have you had these stumbles that I know you've opened up more into the book, but I'd love to see if there's a story here that can make us understand the motivation. Yeah. Look, when I was young, as I said, I thought I had to know everything. And you think that people you know, expect that. I mean, for the privilege of being a leader, you do have to provide a path forward. 
But through my career, I did make many mistakes. And being in Silicon Valley, I saw other executives making lots of mistakes and ended up kind of building the practice around helping them not make those mistakes, right? It's sort of like correcting the behavior and then getting to the truth and following through with the right corrective action through a communication strategy. And after selling my business 25 years later and kind of thinking about it, I thought, you know, right now, this whole fake it till you make it mantra is so, it's like air. People do it. They don't even think about it. And so I thought now is really the right time to write a book about how to identify when you're faking it, why it doesn't work, right? And to use all the examples from my career and from the companies and folks I worked with and my mistakes to show when that happens, what happens and how to avoid it and come out better on the other side. So, you know, I just think like in the last five to 10 years, So many people have forgotten about the fact that integrity matters and integrity should not be an option in a multiple choice question, right? Like there's no business or personal relationship that will ever stand the test of time if it's based on a lie, right? It just doesn't work that way. So, you know, if you want to start a successful company and you want it to last for a long time, you got to shoot a straight arrow. Yeah, I like that. And I'd want to see if there's maybe like a tool that'd be available, kind of like a litmus test of where we stand in our, call it our fake-o-meter. I forget the term that you use yeah. in your own measure. Yeah, fake-o-meter, yeah. The fake-o-meter, sorry. I, I have a French <laughs> accent. That's okay. <laughs> I say that because I feel like in times where let's say I was part of a workplace culture, like if you have really strong charismatic leaders, they can be rah-rah, they can talk about the potential. And you can kind of be blindsided. You might not realize it might be a slippery slope. Can we do a gut check? How does that look like? Yeah, I think, you know, we've seen companies like WeWork and Uber. It's like becomes a cult, right? And there has to be something inside you that comes back to a set of core values where you think like, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, there's probably something about it that is. And you have to make a commitment to yourself to stay grounded in your own set of core values. And not everybody takes the time to look at themselves in the mirror and say, this is what I stand for. This is what I don't. And I'm going to find a company that I identify with that practices these behaviors and has this kind of culture and infuses it in their business processes. And, you know, the fish stinks from the head down. So if, you know, you watch news coverage of a CEO, you can very quickly see if they've had a bad quarter, do they cover it up or are they, you know, going to fall on their sword and try and make things better, right? So there are a number of things you can do, but I go back to an example when I made a mistake myself and, you know, I consider myself very dedicated to the core values that we had. i consider myself a person who wants to lead by example. And, you know, if the journey's the reward, make it a good one. (laughs) But, you know, when I was under pressure after the recession in 2008, 2009, cash was thin and we had the opportunity to pitch a half a million dollar deal or more than that. And, you know, whatever they asked for, I said, sure. 
Can you build us a new website in three weeks? Yeah, no problem. Can you get us on the Wall Street Journal? Sure. <laughs> you know, and I figured what I didn't have in-house, I could sort of outsource or find. I mean, we lost parts of that account until we lost it all because we couldn't deliver. And then I set myself back because I had to scramble to replace that business and my reputation and my team who was looking at me like, what the hell is that? And I set my client back by three months because they had to start over with somebody else. So you see, staying committed to core values can be hard when you're under pressure, but it is really important. I find this conversation serves as a powerful reminder of something that we kind of innately feel is the right thing to do, but we need to be reminded that in business, those values don't go out the door. They actually become defined by the decisions we make in the workplace. And I know we make mistakes as well, and that's good as well if we react properly. And in your case, you know, sharing it, learning from it. And so many people here have probably done some things. I've faked it. My God, have I ever. When I was back against the wall, I was feeling nervous, anxiety. It felt like I needed to be someone that I wasn't to be accepted. So, you know, being someone in personal growth, I can think of all the childhood traumas and securities that make us behave that way. But what I love the most here is you're bringing it back to understanding that we need to make it. We need to put in the work. We need to bring the authenticity. We need to bring integrity. It's all of the things that we know feel right. And in the long term, actually bring the business to be successful. As a powerful reminder for those of you who are listening, listen, when you lead with authenticity, you'll actually get that long-term real business that you'll be proud of and you can sleep well at night. Because my God, I can just imagine how stressful those weeks must have been when you made those promises back then. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like, It's just not worth it, right? It's not worth it. And you know, there may be people listening to this thing, but yeah, you know, how can I get that investor? Like, I feel like I need to like tell a bigger story in order to, you know, get that guy's attention. And I challenge you to think like, okay, you yourself have to decide what is the truth and within the boundaries of what the truth is, how far you want to take that. And to tell the most compelling story that you can, right? Not about what you do, but about the problems that you solve. It's turning that upside down and cutting to the emotional heartstrings of people's issues with the problem they need to solve and then how you can solve it, right? That's far more interesting and a much better value proposition than talking about all kinds of crap that maybe you'll do in two years, but that you can't deliver now. The investors want to invest in you for what you have now and your vision, but most importantly, what you have today. And the second thing I want to say is you can build your reputation over years and decades, but you can blow it in a skinny minute. And people will do business with you because you have a good reputation. They will go with you because they can count on you. Not because, you know, you're sis boom ba and, you know, spinning all the wheels and, you know, maybe some work and maybe some don't. Like people today, after what we've been through as a world and continue to go through, want to invest in authenticity and honesty and the things that are a sure thing. Sabrina, thank you so much. I wanted to ask you one of my signature questions, which I love to ask every time which is you're on the Selling with Love podcast. So I have to ask you, what does selling with love mean to you? I love this question. 
I think selling with love means caring about the customer so much more than you care about yourself and really understanding where their problem is and how you can help them. It's all about them. It's never about you. And that is really the essence, right? Of love is caring for someone else and making sure that they're going to be better off with what you have or after they've seen you. Fantastic. Sabrina, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing this. It's such an important message that we must not forget. I talk about it. You go in-depth about it. And if you are wanting to go deeper, you're looking to build a business, you want to scale it and you want to lead a team, you want to build something that you're going to be proud of, I urge you to go and pick up a copy of Make It, Don't Fake It, Leading with Authenticity for Real Business Success. We're going to have a link in the show notes where you can get a copy of that. Again, it's just reminding us and going deeper into the fact that if you try to cut corners and you try to fake it, people can smell this a mile away and it's going to continuously propel a culture that you will not want to be a part of. You're going to end up building the business that you won't even be proud of. So why would you do that to yourself? And it's the fact that if you have the success that you're trying to get by faking it, it's when you faked it, that it'll come back down tumbling if you do. So be patient, play with integrity, be clear on your values and go and build something that you're proud of. And I swear it'll be a success that'll be worth cherishing when you do. Sabrina, once again, thank you so much for coming. And for everybody else tuning in, keep going out there, make it, don't fake it. And of course, <laughs> keep selling with love. Thank you. Thanks, Jason, for having me. It was great talking to you. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.